everybody, and welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today, we are doing something a little bit different, and we are going to be talking about a little movie called Willow from 1988. We will get into why we are talking about that in a little bit. Um, but first off, if you want to support our show, if you like what we do, we do have a coffee account. Um, we also have our shop, where we have lots of beautiful designs made by Alex. And like I have said before, Disney is weird about what they take down and what they don't take down. So... I haven't gotten a notification in a while of things being taken down, uh, but if there's anything up there that you want, I would definitely check it out while you can. And then as far as recommendations go, I we watched Thor. Um, we watched all of the Thors. We watched all of the Thor. Who are we? Yeah, like, look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> um, so what, what spurred this on, Alex? Um, well, I think it was Darcy Lewis. So we knew that Darcy was going to be in WandaVision. So we were like, I mean, we know a little bit about Darcy, but neither of us have watched the first Thor in a very long time. And we didn't think either of us had seen the second one. So we're like, let's, let's see what this Darcy hype is about. And indeed, the Darcy hype is warranted. She is awesome. Yes, 100%. We stand, We came out full Darcy stands and full Loki stands. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. They could never do anything wrong. No, they're just babies. They've never done anything wrong a day in their lives. Like, it's amazing. It, it was interesting because, like, I think I had seen the first Thor probably once, like, when it came mm-hmm. out. Exactly. Never saw Dark World. No. Um And then Ragnarok came out in a very difficult time in my life, so Shannon decided she was angry with everything and decided not to enjoy it. (laughs) So I liked it much better this time. (laughs) I think you're one of the only people I knew who was like, oh, I don't like Ragnarok. I'm like, okay, like, that's fair, that's fair, like... I'm not gonna, I'm no, not gonna, I was like, just being stupid. You. I was being very stupid. <laughs> like, somebody should have slapped me. Um, I'm glad you are on the Ragnarok train now. Um, this is uh, Taika Waititi, like, Stan podcast. We love him in this 100%. house. 100%. Yes. Yeah, I need to watch... Jojo his... Rabbit. It's really good. Yeah, I need to watch Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. Yes. Uh, we were also wanting to watch because of uh, Love and Thunder, which we're excited yeah. about. Love and Thunder will be coming out in 2022, I think. I think so. They they are starting filming now. Yeah, because I'm thinking Spider-Man is filming now. It's coming out in December. And uh, Doctor Strange is filming now. And it's coming out in the early 2022 or early spring. And then it'll be Love and Thunder in like no... Is it a summer movie or is it a November movie? I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like since everything got pushed back, it might be their winter movie and they might do Doctor Strange as their summer movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. No, I think Doctor Strange is more of a spring. It's like a spring movie. Okay. That's why I yeah. think that it might be summer, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And basically, also, along with all of this, like, if you aren't watching WandaVision, apparently the handoff is going to be, like, seamless. Into Spider-Man? Into Spider-Man, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, too, like, with Venom, like... I am incredibly interested. We are probably going to talk about WandaVision a lot more um, in the future, and Wanda in general. Like, <laughs> WandaVision has kind of reverted us into Marvel stands. I've been... 
Not only did I rewatch all of the Thor movies with you, but I've also rewatched all of the Avengers movies. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what's happening, but like I'm well, living life. Well, you had right watched now. you watched them because of Ultron, right? Like you wanted to yes. get into the Ultron. Yeah, I wanted story. to watch. Yeah, I wanted to watch Ultron because I'd never see seen Pietro. it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like I wanted to see more of Wanda and Vision, and plus my mom as well. Like she never really noticed them so she wanted to watch them too so i was glad that she kind of mm-hmm. she has like a new appreciation for it and disney's really great they have um legends on disney plus which does have all of their scenes if you're not super familiar with them yeah but it was fun to go back and revisit those films it's interesting like my mom has been watching wandavision also and she has zero knowledge of the mcu like none she has seen guardians of the galaxy one and two mm-hmm. That's all, and I don't think she retained any of it. Um, and she is loving WandaVision, and I was worried she wouldn't like episode four, but she enjoyed it mm-hmm. so much, and she said that it was helping her like understand what was going on. That's really good. Like, that's so interesting because she's basically like a new mm-hmm. fan, and like she doesn't know who Darcy is. Like, she doesn't she doesn't know like who Randall Park's character is. Like. But she enjoyed it, and she enjoyed those characters. And I told her, I'm like, Mom, oh, like, um, Darcy, she's from Thor movies. And she's like, I don't want to know. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I I feel like if she liked the Guardians movies, she would probably like the Ant-Man movies. So she enjoyed the first Guardians of the Galaxy. um, Because, so my dad had her watch the first one before the second one came out. Because my dad had no one to see it with, and I kind of, like, pushed her to watch it. And I'm like, come on, go see the second one with him. Like, I think you'll like the first one. So she enjoyed the first one. She went to see the second one and hated it. Oh, no. Like, hated it. Like, hated it. Oh, no, Sharon, no. I mean, like, I totally get it, because I, I like the first one better, too. Like, I, I can yeah. see, like, like my, my favorite storyline in um in that movie was the sister storyline in Guardians mm-hmm. 2, but, like, I really haven't felt the need to, like, revisit that movie at all. No, I definitely think, like, the first one was, like, lightning in a bottle, and I think they did a good job with the second one. I kind of like them equally, um, but I definitely think what was crazy about watching Infinity War again was what the Guardians needed was Thor, and it's... Oh, it's so funny. Like that group, like it's it, it was really like lighting in the bottle throwing Thor in that group. Yes, it's great. It was, like, pure chaos. I love it so I loved it so much. I'm like, who would have thought that like the trio we needed was Thor, Rocket, and Groot? Yeah. Just <laughs> Um Well, another wreck, also kind of on the superhero track, but bringing it a little bit back to Star Wars, I'm going to recommend Not Your Sidekick by C.B. Lee. She wrote one of the stories in Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view, which was actually Alex's favorite story, Mm -hmm. I do believe. A good kiss. Yeah, it was cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not Your Sidekick is set in like a superhero comic booky type of world. What makes it so great is that it is so effortlessly inclusive it is so effortlessly current the main character is bisexual you get to explore her relationships with her friends one of her friends is transgender and he gets his own book which i'm currently reading now it is just so good it is so refreshing so so fun like i really recommend it and 
if you listen to it, the audiobook is narrated by Emily Wu Zeller, who <gasps> also narrates Ephra. Okay, and she also narrates a bunch of books, and she's it's a delight. She when narrates you, everything. It is a delight when you when you start an audiobook and you hear her voice. She's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I will say. It was a little bit weird to listen to her narrate Not Your Sidekick because the most recent thing I think I've heard from her was the Poppy War books. Yeah. And those are just such different vibes. Oh, like, they're so dark. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, complete opposite end of the spectrum with Not Your Sidekick. But she does so good. Like, her voice for the main character, Jess, is just... So, so good. My library doesn't have the other mm-hmm. audiobooks, so I'm reading the rest on my Kindle. Yeah. Um, but I really recommend that if you can find it. And it's, like, it's it's crazy to think, like, for me, like, she is Afra. Like, her voice, at she least. She really is. Like, her voice, like, when I think of Afra, like, I do hear her voice. So if we ever get, like, a live-action Afra or one in a video game or animated show and it's not her... Like, it'll be weird. I would be sad. It'll be weird. Yeah. Like, she is, like, she is... She just did it so perfectly. Like, I, I think she just really nailed the voice. I have to think that if it's video game or animated, they'll bring her on. I'd have to think so. I don't see why she wouldn't if they asked her. Like, she, def- I feel like if they tapped her for it, like, she would 100% do it. Mm-hmm. She's all over the, like, voice acting game right now. Yeah. So I would be very, very into that. So as far as news, um, we're still kind of in like a little bit of a dry spell. We're in between books coming out. Actually, as of this episode coming out, Claudia Gray's book, Into the Dark, should be out. Alex already has it, which makes me very jealous. But we will be talking about that uh, in our next episode. But we did get some news about a new book by Kevin Scott. He is going to be writing a book all about Life Day and stories about Life Day, a lot like the... Uh, the Myths and Fables with George Mann. He's actually going to be working um, with George Mann to create these. And I liked that he said the concept for this entire book was, what if we put Ewoks in the snow? Yeah, snow Ewoks. The, the art was very cute for that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm into this. Uh, and one of the stories is actually going to take place during the High Republic era on Coruscant. In the snow. In the snow. I didn't know it snowed on Coruscant. Yeah. Like, that's wild. So I'm excited about that. I still haven't read the other myths and fables, like the dark one. Do you think Coruscant is like New York and like they have like Rockefeller Center and they have like life day like decorations and ice skating? I hope so. Oh my gosh. I'm going to bring this back to Spider-Man for a second. The (laughs) Spider-Man 3 is going to be like a wintertime movie and I would literally die if mj and peter go skating it'll be it'll be so cute that is like the christmas movie romance trope like that's (laughs) yeah amazing yeah amazing like listen we can always bring everything back to (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, I I don't know when that book's going to be released. I imagine probably around Life Day, which is in November. Um, So that'll be exciting. Looking forward to that. So I think with that, we are ready to move in to our discussion of Willow. So I had literally zero information about this movie. Went in 100% blind. You knew a little bit about it. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Not much more. And, And I'm really surprised I haven't seen this. It's definitely, like, 
in the like category of movies that I probably would have grown up with watching at home. I know exactly why this was never shown to me, and it's because the transformation scene as a kid would have mm-hmm. terrified me. <laughs> but were your parents, like, aware of this movie? Like, like were they aware, like, not to show you this because of the transformation scene? I, I wonder if my dad knew about it, because my dad was, like, a Star Wars yeah. fan. Like, an early Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So I bet he knew. And, like, he's the one who showed me, like, Princess Bride. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, it feels very grounded in the same mm -hmm. universe as Princess Bride and, like, set decoration and production design is very similar. Oh, yeah. Well, and they, Disney Plus even recommends Princess Bride when you're done with it. So, like, I, the the only thing I knew going into this movie was that it was from the 80s and that it was Lucasfilm. I did not know it was fantasy. I did not know it was directed by Ron Howard. I had no idea, like, Star Wars is going to be, like, all over this movie. Yeah, it, it really is. And, um, George, so George, like, created the story, but he didn't direct or write the screenplay for it. Um, but he did create this for Warwick Davis. Exactly. That was so interesting when I was reading about it. Like, he approached him, like, while they were filming Return of the Jedi yeah. and was like, I want you to star in and this it's, movie. it's so wild because uh, Warwick is only 18 in 1988 when this came out. That's so crazy. He's such a baby. And he has two kids in this movie. <laughs> he has two kids. And I made the joke to you, I was like, did he have the kids at the same age that Ray's dad had her? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I did like that they pulled a quote um, from George Lucas saying that a lot of movies are about the little guy against the system, and mm-hmm. this was just going to be a more literal interpretation of that. Like that was pretty yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. And they they were really committed to to like they. How many people did you say that they like had auditions for? For the village, two no, they had they cast two, over two hundred. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in this movie, and like I recognized a lot of voices from like other things. I re- I was really into um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and mm-hmm. I did recognize um, the guy who plays the dwarf in one of those episodes. He has mm-hmm. a very distinct voice, and he was in the village, which was cool. But yeah, this is the story of um, a guy named Willow who finds a baby who is destined to bring about this <laughs> great change and destroy the evil queen. And mm-hmm. basically he's just charged with trying to bring this baby to safety. And what I thought was really funny was that um, we get an opening crawl. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, like, is it's very reminiscent of... So, like, this is Ron Howard, who yeah. did Solo, and in that, we have, like, a pseudo-crawl. It's the same. It's literally, the, like, it's the same. Well, it starts with, like, it's a lawless time. This is, it's a time of dread. <laughs> I've, I've seen other Ron Howard movies, but not a lot of his action ones. And I have to wonder mm-hmm. if some of his other ones also do this pseudo-crawl yeah, trope. I, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know. <laughs> but there's some movies that I'm just not interested in watching. I'm like, oh, I could watch, like, the first five minutes just to see yeah, I mean, the, like, I, mm-hmm. I pulled up this movie for, like, two seconds to go pull the crawl up, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's right at the beginning. I'm, I'm probably due for a Splash rewatch, though, so I don't remember if he does it in Splash. I have never seen Splash. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Maybe yeah. that's the next movie we need to I watch. I think, <laughs> if, it's, if it's not, then it might be on Hulu, 
because it's 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 it's, it's really Disney. funny to me because I'm the I'm the mermaid yeah girl in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I remember when I saw Aquamarine, everybody was like, "Oh, it's Splash," and I'm like, "What is? I don't know. What is that?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, but. This crawl, Willow, this is about, it says, Seers have foretold the birth of a child who will bring about the downfall of the powerful, evil queen, Bavmorda. Seizing all pregnant women in the realm, the (laughs) evil queen vows to destroy the child when it is born. Um, right off the bat, we're stealing all the pregnant women. All yep, of them. Yep. I actually had to rewind because I thought we were killing all the pregnant women. Yeah. No, we're just we're just stealing them so we're that they can have their babies them. in prison. Yes. It was um quite a way to open. Quite a quite yeah. an opener. Um I was like, wow, that that's like that's dark. Yeah, that's very dark. Like I I was kinda surprised it was very violent. Um a woman gets mauled by dogs. Mm-hmm. And then later yeah. these dogs get stabbed to death. Oh my gosh. That was that was very violent. It's very yeah. like dark crystal. It it, it is really, very dark crystal. It feels like the the like kind of dark aspect of that movie. That's what I was thinking of a lot when I was watching it. Like there are a lot of like princess vibe vi- princess bride vibes, mm-hmm. but it is also very dark crystal, very um black cauldron <gasps> in feeling. Black Cauldron. Oh, I need such to rewatch. A good movie. I need to rewatch that. It's yes. been a long time. Oh, baby Gurgi. <laughs> oh, so sad. Um, but just like the darkness in it was really interesting. Yeah. The tone of this movie was kind of strange because you you did have like these moments where I was like, "Whoa, that's so violent!" But then, it at the like heart of it, it was about like this baby and like these men who kind of like fall in love with this child and surprisingly very tender. Yeah, I like I like this '80s vibe movie where we're like I don't know I feel like we should bring it back in in the 2020s. I liked that it was just it was like a fun fairy tale mm-hmm. romp with a happy ending. Yeah, because like these these '80s movies they get dark but they all end happily. Mm-hmm. Like I I felt like more than anything like this did kind of feel like when we were watching Strange Magic and it was just so clear that like George knows the type of story he wants yeah, to tell. Yeah, George is a Raylo. George is a Raylo. <laughs> Listen, like this movie gets like a happily ever after, like a couple rides off into the sunset, like this movie is Raylo. Like movie very is Raylo. very Raylo. Yes. I don't know why like I I don't know why the Raylos who have seen Willow do not sell it as much as they should. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> it's so, ra- it's gender-bent Raylo. Yeah. Like, 100%. And, like, the one of the main guys, um, Mad Mardigan, we'll talk about that, um, he is... He is a very Han Solo. Like, when I was watching it, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a very Han Solo type of character. Mm-hmm. And you found that this movie was criticized for being too much like Star Wars. Yeah, which I find kind of weird. I I kind of see it because Mad Mardigan and Shorsha did remind me a lot of Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. But more in that it felt like an a dark AU, like a dark Leia yeah, and like a happy like, Han, you know? <laughs> I think, like, Dark Leia is so fascinating. Like, I think that, like, 
out of Luke and Leia, like, Leia had the most potential to be, like, dark side. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool. And it did kind of feel like he was exploring that because um, Shorsha in this movie, she's the daughter of our evil queen, um, very much, you know, Princess Leia, daughter of Darth Vader yeah. kind of way. And I think it was, like, prophesized that she was going to turn against her mother. And she ends up doing that because she kind of falls in love with Mad Mardigan and, like, kind of falls in with their group. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, George. <laughs> George. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I just, I love George. <laughs> he just, he really told an enemies to lovers story. He really did. Like, that's yeah. what he's about. And, like, and then he does it again with Strange Magic. Like, it, like, it is so mm-hmm. clear. Like, well, Raylo. And he likes, he likes the angry girl trope, too. Yeah. Because in Strange Magic, she, she's angry. Mm-hmm. She's an angry fairy. So, like, he, he really likes to tell the story of, like, coming back from it. You know? I love that. I love it. So... Not only does this movie kind of remind us a lot of, like, um, Princess Bride and all of that, but it also has a lot of Sleeping Beauty vibes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got that vibe in the beginning, and I think you got it kind of towards the end. Yeah. Well, I got it towards the end for a different reason, and we'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just got a little, like, bamboozled by the end, and I was surprised. <laughs> Um, well, like, in the beginning of this movie, like, this baby is born and is, like, spirited away from the castle because... Yeah. But Morden doesn't want to just kill this baby. She wants to do some kind of weird ritual. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I, I was either. like, I was like, wait, but why? Is yeah, there... Yeah, I was very confused. Yeah. Like, maybe, I don't like, know what she maybe, wanted. like, kill, just, like, killing the baby normally is, like, bad omens and she would get, like, cursed or something. Yeah, I have no idea. But, like, this baby gets smuggled away in a basket and, like, sent down a river. Yeah. And it, it reminded me a lot of um, in Sleeping Beauty when she's smuggled out of the castle yeah. and is raised. Well, like, I thought that she was going to be – I thought we were going to have a time jump and, like, mm-hmm. she was going to be raised in this village. I was surprised that she was a, a baby the whole time. Yeah. Well, I said to you it actually reminded me of Hunchback. Because yeah. of, like, the franticness of, like, getting the baby out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't want the baby because she... I forget what they call, like, the humans. Um, but she she's not like them. Like, when Willow, mm-hmm. um, who's played by Warwick Davis, finds her, his entire village is like, she cannot be here. Like, yeah. you're going to go out and you're going to find, like, the first human you can and just the first give them human. this baby. <laughs> But no one wanted the baby. Yeah, nobody wanted this baby. Um, they do kind of, like, set off on, like, a little... They get, like, a little traveling party to that sets off with this child. And the first human they find is Mad Mardigan, self-proclaimed greatest swordsman that ever lived, who knows a lot of women. He's in, like, a birdcage. Like, he's basically left to die. And, yeah, he, he knows... A lot of women. That's that's his like his selling point to to take the baby. He's like, I know a lot of women. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little bit confused in the scene about why he wanted the baby. <laughs> no, it was a chick magnet thing for sure. Oh, I think like I like I got it. It was like you know like the man with the baby or the man with like a puppy. True. Yeah, that, that is true. That's like what I read from it was like he was gonna like attract babes with this baby. 
that is so his brand. Like, yeah, it is. Very himbo. This, this man, like, I was already like, what is happening? Like, who are you? And the most hilarious thing to me, like, I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> Willow leaves him with the baby and, like, moves on. And he, he kind of realizes something is wrong. But then... <laughs> these brownies which are like little pixies come flying by going we stole the baby like two seconds after he left this like little brownie is like riding a bird who and the and the bird has the baby like clutched in its talons and it just flies by i'm like what is happening i just he lost the baby so in two quickly. seconds like so by, quickly like the little men from night at the museum yeah like, mm-hmm. I I loved these two brownie guys. They were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like I was very into their banter and their back and forth, but I was very confused about the direction this film took. Yeah, because then so so they take the baby and then they capture um, Willow and his friend and they tie them up like night at the museum, like you said. Like they get tied <laughs> up like that. Um, but then that, like, witch fairy thing comes and tells them that, like, no, 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 Willow, like, the baby wants you. Yeah, the baby who is already, has a name, um, Elora. And hair. Him sp- and hair. It's, it's a very, it's a very large she, baby. She grows hair so quick. Between scenes, she turns <laughs> into a different baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know who this fairy queen was. She appears for one scene and says, you can't leave this baby with this random man. She chose you specifically to like, raise her. Like, she wants you. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, but, like, also, did you get the impression that she also chooses Mad Mardigan? Because Mad Mardigan tries to get away again, but he just keeps coming back. Somehow. Yeah. I like, don't know. I feel like it was fated for them to raise her as gay yeah. dads. Yeah. It, it kind of <laughs> feels like like Baby Yoda, like, yeah, Grogu. <laughs> I thought Grogu was going to choose uh, Din. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that's where we thought it was going to go. Um, um. <laughs> but it was, like, similar in tone to, like, Grogu choosing someone. I feel like it was, like, weird like that. It was just, like, random. Like, how does this baby yeah. choose? But okay. It, it did feel like that, though. Like, and that did feel, um, like, very mythic, where it's, like, you have been chosen to help this child, like, specifically. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not going to be so easy that you can just get rid of her. Like, fate has brought you guys together. And that felt very George to me. Like, that, that mm-hmm. really did feel like, you know, he was trying to show that, like, Willow has this greater path. Because we do see in the beginning that he's kind of, like, he's wanting to become a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And you have a note about this. When they're trying to pick who's going to be the next apprentice, they're like, all magic is stored in one finger. And nobody can pick the correct um, finger because it was a trick question. Um, <laughs> but I do like that over the course of this movie, you do see Willow become more confident in himself. And he does become a sorcerer. And he kind of learns, like what he's about and what he wants and that was really nice and i think warwick davis like played that so well like it was such a good character arc honestly like warwick davis's performance in this movie was like one of the best parts he is 
yeah. so good and his performance is so genuine. Um, he really, like, he stands out. Yeah. Well, and, like, him with his family, like, it felt so, like you said, it, like, it felt very genuine. Like, he's going to leave yeah. his wife and his kids, like, when they're reunited at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, he just played it so well. Like, so mm-hmm. well. And he's 18. Like, this guy is 18, like, pulling off this, like, Yeah, he's, like, character. upstaging everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> who, like... I mean, at this point, I don't think he has that experience of having a fam. Like, I, I mean, I, I didn't look it up, but I, I don't think Warwick had that personal experience of of having a wife and two kids at that point. But it was so genuine. Yeah, he he did such a good job, and like his relationship with Alora, who's the baby, like. He is so, like, tender and, like, caring Mm -hmm. with her, which was also very nice to see. I do feel like a lot of times when it's, like, you know, two men and a baby, it's kind of like, well, I don't know how to take care of this thing. But, like, he is very much, like, well, she's crying because she's hungry or she's crying because she's this. Like, you need to let me take care of her. Like, it... He was so nurturing. That's a really good point. Because in the 80s and 90s, like, you did see, like... You saw a lot of, like, men not having that nurturing side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very George. Like, I really, I, I bet you that is very George that, like, he added that, like, um, that nurturing side into Willow. He likes his soft boys. Like, he even when, even when, like, he's trying to tell you that, like, no, like, this, this man is suave and the greatest swordsman, Mav mm-hmm. Mardigan. But then <laughs> you see him also with, like, Elora, and it's so sweet. Yeah. And he's so protective. Like, he really, mm-hmm. like, George, like, really tries to bring that out from, like, this, like, the typical masculinity that you would see. Yeah, and then you see, like, Sorsha be less nurturing. hmm Like, angry. She is the least nurturing of, like, our main characters, and, mm-hmm. like, I I love that George does that. I do, too. I really loved that throughout this movie, she never became, like, a damsel or anything. Like, she was the leader of this evil army. And, like, even when they go and they, like, try to storm the castle later, like, she is at the head of this army. She is in armor the whole time. She gets a sword. Okay, her, like, she looks she so is awesome in, in her armor. charge. She looks so awesome yes. in her armor. Like, yes. Amazing. Amazing. She kicks Mad, Mad Mardigan in the face, and he gets turned on yeah. by it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, so, <laughs> he gets the baby back, um, Willow gets the baby back, and they mm-hmm. um, go into this town where we meet back up with Mad Mardigan. Like, Mad Mardigan never gets far. Oh, and This is a good scene. But he's, he like, okay, I think he was trying to, like, romance this woman, but she, like, brings him in. It's like, oh, no, my husband's here. And he, like, disguises himself as a woman. Uh-huh. And the husband asks him if he wants to breed. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> what a choice. <laughs> what a choice. Word choice. Word choice. <laughs> Word choice. But, like, he's dressed in this, like, pink oh, dress. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And the makeup? It's amazing. 
It is like so actually good. incredible. I like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my god, Mads in drag. Like I could not believe that this was happening. I know. Well, and like everything goes wrong, and they're like running away, and he's in this like giant dress like the whole time, mm-hmm. and then he like converts it into being like shirtless in like parachute pants, parachute and then pants. suddenly they're like he, shorts. <laughs> he is like a style icon, like seamstress. Yeah. Like he made the the dress into parachute pants, but also like mad walk so Shang Yao and Ling could run and move on. Like. <laughs> The whole, like, the hijinks of them getting away in his dress and, like, him kicking people on the carriage as they were, like, trying to get away. Like, Even pulling the fruit out of the dress. I just Mm -hmm. thought of that. It was so Mulan. Like, it was, like, it was so much like that. And I loved it. I, like, I, it was, the hijinks were so good. (laughs) I also love that George and Ron Howard recognize that Mad Mardigan is extremely attractive and he is shirtless yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. It was very, um, that one panel of that Star Wars comic oh, where Han, Han is shirtless and chopping wood. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, it was just so funny. But, like, they're being chased by Shorsha and, like, it's so great because they get captured and... He decides that he hates her because she kicked him in the face. And they're, like, being, you know, drug along to their camp. And he's staring at her legs. And he's like, like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'd like to break your leg. Yeah. Yeah, I I wrote that down, too. What are you staring at? Your leg. I'd like to break it. I'm like, what? (laughs) It was the intensity <sighs> of the stare. I was like, what it was, is happening? No, something was happening. Yeah, My something God. was happening. Like, Shannon, <laughs> I like. I was not expecting to love this movie. No. Well, like, here's what's so funny to me. It's like, I knew when you met Mad Mardigan, because you were like, ew, who is this dirty man? And like, <laughs> 10 seconds later, you were like, Oh no, he's hot. Yeah, because he wiped his teeth. He had like dirty teeth, and then he like wipes it off, and then suddenly he's glowing. Yeah, no, he's glowing. He has this beautiful, flowing, like listen, Long if hair. anybody is like the, you know, attractive, like babe love interest, it's Mad Mardigan. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got this flowing, beautiful hair. Like, it just, wow. What what a time. I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. So we get to this camp and they got to break out. We've like missed a whole part where they're trying. They find this sorcerer who is like trapped in the body of a squirrel. Oh, yeah. Or a possum or something. Yeah. They, they spend a lot of this movie trying to figure out how to transform her back into a lady. Um, yeah. And that was actually why George like had to wait a while to make Willow because the technology had to be right. And ILM actually um, really pushed forward the technology they used to show, like, the morphing and the transformation. That was really cool when I read that. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're in this camp. They're trying to break out. And so these little brownie dudes have this dust that, like, it's like love pollen. I'm not sure (laughs) what it is. (laughs) Earlier in the movies... Um, one of them got hit by it and fell in love with a cat, so... Yeah. Like, a um, love, love pollen is also always a trope that is interesting. I can't believe 
It happens George in does, Strange Magic. He does it twice. George he loves love it. Helen twice. Oh, oh my god. I bet you if he could get love potion into Star Wars, he would. This I cannot believe George Lucas. <laughs> um, love pollen. Yeah. Wow. Mad Mardigan gets hit with this love pollen. And I do have some questions about how exactly this thing works because he sees several people before, before he sees Sorsha. But I think he was already into her, so that's oh, why I think was. it was her. Oh, he was, like, of course. 100%. It just, um, um, it just, like, deepened that, I think. It just... I think so, too. <laughs> T- tell me about um, this scene, though. So, like, he breaks into her tent to steal um, Alora, <laughs> but he sees Shorsha her. and, and just, gets like, derailed. She's, like, sleeping, and he just, like, approaches yeah. her and is, like, up in her face. Like, it's like sleeping maiden awake from the slumber so I may like he like says, better see your beauty. Let me worship you in my arms. I died. <laughs> he calls her um his moon and stars. Like He is like and like you can tell that Val Kilmer is like having the best time acting this The chemistry. Out. Okay, but can we talk about about them yes. first? Okay, yes, so yes, yes. Val Kilmer, who plays Mad Mardigan, and then um, Joanne, I forget her last name, plays um, Sorsha, they met on this movie. And they got married. And they had <laughs> two kids. And, like, yes, did they divorce six years later? Yes, they did. But, but it's a pretty exciting story, and, like, it really, like... It plays like their their chemistry like plays on screen like it's very good. The glances, are, like mm-hmm. that's what sells it. Mm-hmm. The way they look and at each other. To, you have to wonder like what's going on like behind the scenes when the camera stops rolling. Like oh, a hundred. Well, like it, <laughs> it. Like once again, it did remind me of Han and Leia, like with Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Because, so you know, George, like, their like, chemistry was sparked off, too. So George, like, and casting is just, like, he can find two people who have really good chemistry together. Yeah, I, I think he, like, he knows how to, like, work that chemistry test somehow. He's like a love doctor. He's, he's <laughs> like, do the relationships work? No. No. But the chemistry is there. They're pa- I think he knows how to find passionate romances but not ones that are like long lasting wow <laughs> like wow <laughs> <has> a talent. <laughs> what a what a talent to have um but th- obviously this is uh quite a situation to find himself in uh they have to fight their way out they take shorsha captured um there is a lot of them riding on horseback together with her with a knife held to her throat which is just I love that. It is so hot. Two tropes in one. Like, I don't know about you, but I was just, like, imagining the whole scene, but, like, with Ray with her, like, knife to Kylo's throat. Yes. Like, with the Sith dagger. Like, that's what I was picturing. Like, it, yes. Yes. Like, it, like y'all, the, Ray is Mad Mardigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In this, in this AU, if anyone has written uh, Willow... AU, like, Ray is clearly Matt Mardigan. Yes, and Ben is mm-hmm. very obviously Shorsha. Like, it, it's oh, just yeah. it, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. 
Literally, this is Raylo. George has been writing Raylo his entire life. So <laughs> it's just, oh, man. Um, but after this, uh, there is a lot of back and forth. I don't have a whole lot written down. I know that the dragon scene happens. Mm-hmm. So there's that, like, that big dragon thing. Like, it's a beast. Like, in, in a lot of the things I read, they called it a beast. But, like, when I saw it, I was like, that's a dragon. It breathes fire. Yeah. It's their necks. It's a two-headed dragon. And their necks are very thick. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. Very strange. Very phallic. But yeah. anyways. It was a weird vibe. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I do think what's interesting, so, like, as this is going on, Willow is still trying to figure out how to how to turn the sorceress back into a person. He's, like, working on his magic. And Mad Mardigan is kind of, he's kind of having, like, a Han moment. You know, he's a scoundrel with a heart of gold. Like, he's he's kind of learning, like, what he wants to be and, like, the good he wants to do. I do, like, I think it was in the scene is when he finds um, armor and he finally dons the armor and he's like, you know, yeah. I stand with, you know, like, these people. Like, I stand with, like, the good army yeah. and I'm going to fight with you. And I did like seeing mm-hmm. that. That was really nice. I, I also, like, they made a point to show Sorsha see him in the armor. Yes. Like, there was a scene where, like, it's, like, on her noticing him, and you're like, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's literal. It's literally the scene where, like, dude sees the girl, like, in a dress the first time. <laughs> yeah! Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so was it this battle? I think it was this battle, because the next battle is, like, the final battle. We get a battlefield kiss. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, wow. <laughs> Pirates George. of the Caribbean 3, like, was, like, this totally, walked, like, Willow so did run. this. Yeah. This walk so pirates could run. Yes. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, the sexual tension between Mad Mardigan and well, Georgia is I insane. I mean, like, like, like I said, like, they, they fell in love on set. Like, it's very, yeah. um, you see it on screen. Listen, when I sat down to watch this movie, I was not expecting a battlefield kiss. No, no, exactly. I, I, I was not expecting to love this movie. And like, here I am loving this movie, like sad that it took me this, this long to watch it and very excited for the series, like very excited to have this movie that I can revisit. Like, I like, this is the kind of movie that I would put on and watch again, like, it has, I feel like the wa- the rewatchability is very high because it's just mm-hmm. such a fun romp, you know? Yeah, happy ending, fun romp, like, good sexual tension between the characters. Willow, mm-hmm. like I said, Warwick's performance as Willow is incredible. Just, like, great production, like, funny, heart. It has everything that 2021 needs. I'll it say really it. Does. Like I definitely think like some things were like an odd choice, like the yeah, like the pregnant, like the rounding up the course. pregnant women, the breeding. But <laughs> it, this is 1988. There are going yeah. to be some questionable things in this movie, of course. Mm. But all in all, I loved it, and I really can't wait for the series. Yes, I am very excited for the series. So like everything ends like happily. Um, mm-hmm. the baby does get kidnapped, but they, you know, break back in. Willow manages to master his magic. He takes down the evil queen 
and all is right with the world. Um, you get your bamboozled moment with the acorn. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Like, when he does the spell to make um, Elora disappear, which was actually just his ma- magician trick that he does at the beginning of the movie, I thought that she was gone. And I was like, <laughs> this is the Sleeping Beauty moment. Like, she is gone. She's being raised by fairies in a, in a wooden cabin. And, like... Like, the next, the series is going to be f- about finding, like, adult Laura, but then she just was, like, hiding, like, in the room, and it was, yeah, like, Yeah, it oh, was, like, a sleight of hand okay. trick. Yeah. Close up magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was so funny when you messaged me that, and you were like, wait, she's gone. Because <laughs> I, I was, like, um, I kind of, I zone out when it's, like, fight scenes a lot, so I wasn't paying super close attention, so when this was happening, I was like, what do you mean he's sending her to another what that's not happening so then like <laughs> when it was revealed that he didn't i'm like oh okay that makes sense and it was a callback to the beginning which was yeah fun. yeah it was a good callback i enjoyed yeah. it i was just like i was just like oh like if this is the setup for the show like that's angsty <laughs> i love that it, it got you though like i love that <laughs> that, that that's amazing <laughs> yeah here i am um, 26 like fallen for um Amazing. A, magi- a, a magic trick. Yeah, the vanishing pig, or whatever he calls it. <laughs> so, one of the main reasons we decided to watch this, um, obviously we wanted to watch it because it is George Lucas, he wrote it, it this has Star Wars all over it, because it's got Ron Howard, just the production, Warwick Davis, all of that. But, um, there is a series in the works um, that is set after Willow, um, that is going to be on Disney+. Plus. And originally, it was going to be directed by the Crazy Rich Asians director, um, John M. Chu. He had Mm -hmm. to back out um, due to COVID, and he's having a baby and all of that. But um, we have gotten some interesting news about this, um, and I'm overall really excited about it. Yeah, so we have a new director. um, His name is Jonathan and Whistle, and he directed um, The End of the Effing World, for I believe Netflix and he created I'm not okay with this and I'm not familiar with either of these he's also apparently attached the upcoming Power Rangers reboot um I don't really know anything about him he's supposedly directing the pilot of Willow and he is going to be an executive producer on Willow but I'm really interested I hope they, they've assembled a really great, like, diverse writing team for, for this show because it's, at least with WandaVision, it's really showing that they have this really strong writer's room with a lot of women specifically mm-hmm. for WandaVision. And I'd love to see, like, a diverse writer's room for Willow. Um, it really makes the writing room makes the big difference. It makes a really big difference. It really does. Like, it's it's not just, like, what you see on screen or even, like, just the director. It's, it's everybody mm-hmm. involved that has such a big impact. And, like, what makes me really excited was the fact that they had even tapped, you know, John M. Chu. Like, Crazy Rich Asians is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they did such a great job with that. Yeah. So I, I feel like if that's the vibe that they're wanting for, like, a Willow series... Like, this is going to yeah. be really special. I think what's um, what's interesting about Willow and Crazy Rich Asians, I think what they both do well is they follow different characters' story arcs. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's not necessarily, like, in Crazy Rich Asians, like, yes, Rachel's the main character, but then you have a really strong, like, B-plot with, like, Astrid and her husband. And I think that Willow does the same where Willow is the main character. You're following his journey, his hero's journey, but then you're also getting, like, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha's story, too. So I can see why, like, John M. Chu would be a good choice. Yeah, he, he's really good at balancing all of those elements. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. like, that can happen with films where certain characters' arcs get buried because other things are happening. Yeah. Um, and since there is so much focused on with Willow, like, that's really interesting. And this is going to be set, like, when Willow is grown up. Right. Um, well, I guess I we don't, don't really know. know. No, Willow is. Yeah. Willow is already grown up. You mean Aurora? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when Aurora is grown up, yes. Um, yes. That was my guess. Like that was just me, like speculating. I'm like, it would make sense that it would be like because it's been how long? It's been um, 33 years mm-hmm. since the original. Um, so are we gonna get like a 30 year old Aurora? Like that'll be interesting. And like, what's the story? And then you also have written here that Tony Revolori is in talks to star, and he plays um, Flash in um, Tom Holland Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen him. Um, he was also in. It was this little show on Quibi, but it was the guys who do, um, like, Team Star Kid. Um, He played, like, one of the major characters in it. He was hilarious. Is that, was that the musical show with, that had Jordan? Yes. Okay, (sighs) and see, that song specifically was his episode. Oh, okay. Like, I haven't seen any of this show, but you made me watch Jordan's song, because, I mean... We love him in this house. He is king. <laughs> yes, he is amazing. Um, yeah, his he has kind of like he's their music producer, okay. or like he owns the record, the, like the space where they can record. <laughs> and it's kind of a running gag that he's like in love with this girl, but he's like very heavily friend zoned. So in that episode, okay, he it's like kind of focuses on it. So that's his song to her that Jordan Fisher gets to sing about. Um, making your dreams come true. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it's really cute. Um, I can't remember what the name of that show was, but it was really funny and it had a lot of people from Star Kid and I yeah. liked that. I liked to see him in it because I was I hadn't ever seen him in anything mm-hmm. else and I think he just did really really good. I don't know yeah. what kind of char- like what character he's playing or like who mm-hmm. he would be, but that again indicates to me that like this show is going to be a lot like this movie that it's not exactly what you're expecting and that it's kind of just like a fun 80s romp type of thing. Because clearly we're going for another young adult hero. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'm very curious. Because I also came across the knowledge that there are books, sequel books to Willow, that were written from 1995 to 2000 in collaboration with George Lucas. And Alora becomes queen and she is a spoiled brat and she treats everyone terribly, which is like completely 
completely the opposite of what like I would have thought would happen from yeah. the movie. So I'm I'm interested if they're just gonna scrap it like EU. Like is it like Star Wars EU and they don't really care? Or are they gonna base some 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 stuff on that? Um that's it's so it's intriguing that she is awful. Yeah, that's really strange. Um here is my question. Do you think he's going to be Mad Mardigan's son? I mean, he doesn't look like Sorsha, so then no. that would make me a little sad that, like, uh, like obviously that didn't work out. Yeah, like, that was, <laughs> when I was thinking about it, because um, for a while I thought it was, like, a reboot, and then I was like, oh, it's, like, a sequel mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Um, so for all we know, like, he's a completely new character. He could be descendant from Legacy. Like, we have no idea. Um, but, like, I'm excited like i think this movie was just like really fun Mm -hmm. um it's great right now in 2020 when we find media that like does not hurt us (laughs) yeah and like his character doesn't need to be related to anyone no like no we we don't need that we don't need that He (laughs) he can be this character that is thrown into this story you know and be surrounded by other characters like like willow i i'm sure like warwick davis is back right like I, I feel like he's got to be. If he's not, like, mm-hmm. what a missed opportunity. Because he yeah. is what makes Willow. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally cool with Tony's character not being related to anyone. <laughs> anyone. And, like, and, and here's the thing. Like, yes, has it been 30, um, 33 years since the original? Yeah. But the time gap between the original and the series doesn't also have to like be exact to like our real time like there could mm-hmm. there you know like tony revelori might be a love interest for Alora. like you don't know like it might be like a young adult Alora, like um mid-20s early 20s you know i would be very into that <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean that we is love like, romance on brand. this podcast yeah yeah that is our we brand love, yeah well and listen like as we've discovered like willow is very like it, it's a love story you know mm-hmm. like it's it's about love it's just All that's what george, george is about is, yes that is what george is about love yes if you exactly. think that george lucas does not write about love then i'm sorry you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> Um, but do you have anything else you want to say about um, Willow to kind of wrap it up? No, I just highly recommend it. I like I even even if you're listening to this and you know you've seen Willow, but it's been a long time, like rewatch it. It'll get you hyped for the show. I like I was just so surprised. Like I like granted I went in blind, and like if you're listening to this, you're not going to go in blind. But like <laughs> it was just not at all what. I think I even if like if you had told me what this movie was about, I still don't think I would have imagined that I was gonna enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, and now like I'm in the mood to rewatch Princess Bride oh, and rewatch so Black Cauldron. Like I'm like in that mood. Like I yes. like, want more of that that vibe. It's yes, it's great. exactly. <laughs> oh, Black, Black Cauldron is so good. Yeah, I think I might watch Black Cauldron today. Yes, do it. Oh my gosh, so freaking good. Um, But that's going to do it for this episode. Like we said, like seriously, go and watch Willow. Uh, Next week, we will be covering Claudia Gray's novel Into the Dark for the High Republic. Next episode. Yes, yes, not next week. Next episode. I cannot speak. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Um, I'm super excited about that. We might talk a little bit. I think the next 
comic for High Republic comes out. I'm not sure how much story we're going to be getting. Um, and then the IDW is going to come out uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of February. But we'll be getting back into some more High Republic stuff. But in the meantime, if you want to find us, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter. I am at McCarter Shannon. Alex is at Alex Leonis. And then collectively, we are at lip underscore lightsabers. That is going to do it for this episode. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.